Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcady Economics as we continue on our coverage of the silver market. Now with the new insight that in late January, early February, the LBMA was pretty darn concerned that they were running out of metal at the current pace. Now they are banking on nobody ever talking about silver on the internet between now and eternity. But in case that doesn't happen and investment demand ever picks up or anyone ever buys silver again in the history of planet Earth, I have Chad Williams of Honey Badger Silver. Uh, Chad's one of the guys we're hoping who will bring us the silver <laughs> and into what he's seeing. So Chad, great to have you on the show for the first time. Looks quite beautiful where you are and how's everything going? Things are going great, and thank you very much for the opportunity. Can you hear me okay, by the way? I can hear you, and why don't you tell people about that beautiful backdrop and where you are today? Sure. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard. We're working hard to try to find some silver. Uh, I'm actually in silver country. I'm just outside Carson City, Nevada. Uh, and, uh, of course, Nevada was uh, or still is known as the silver state. A lot of silver here. And so uh, we would love, we don't have any assets in Nevada, although I've got a lot of experience and many members of my team have experience in Nevada. Honey Badger currently doesn't have any assets in Nevada, but of course you guessed it. That's why I am here uh, looking at uh, different properties to see if we can uh, find something of value for our shareholders. Yeah, well, I, from everything I've seen, I think we're going to need that, although, make sure we hit our title question specifically i'm of the school of thought that once silver goes over 30 i mean if that ever happens i don't know maybe paul volker is going to lower interest raise interest rates to 20 percent someday soon but outside of that we've seen how when you had the first silver squeeze the lbma just issued reports saying they were people were buying so much metal they were weeks away from running out and knowing uh, my misguided youth spent on Wall Street, how the media works, how things get pumped up when it's moving. Yeah. I just wonder what happens when silver crosses $30. And if last time they almost ran out of metal, will they run out of metal this time? And if they do, but if you can't just turn on projects, even with the higher price, it's not like you can go out there and say, all right, well, it's, yeah, silver went up to 40 bucks. This mine's economically feasible. Here's 100 million ounces tomorrow. It doesn't work like that, does it? Yeah, so you mentioned quite a few interesting points. That the, la the last one is elasticity of supply. Uh, yeah, if silver went to $1,000 tomorrow morning, you will not see an extra ounce of silver being produced for the next month or two because existing mines can't just hire people. There's a, there's a labor shortage all over the place. I was just at a, at a, at a, at a diner in, in Reno this morning and the lady was complaining she can't get anybody to work in the diner. Uh, so that's unskilled labor. Imagine somebody, uh, if you need somebody to work at a mine, like good luck with that. They're, the people just don't exist. So, so there, is, there is no response. There will be no supply response to an increase in the silver price in the short term. It will take months, if not years. The other thing you mentioned is if interest rates go higher, uh, will that kill either gold and or silver? Uh, if you look in the scenario of the 80s and other scenarios, interest rates were rising and the commodities were rising. Uh, it's a timing thing. Uh, my personal belief is that inflation, uh, we've broken the back on deflation. Inflation is here. You just have to go to the grocery store, right? 
and you know, and and what and what 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 uh, manufacturers are doing is they're making tiny packages. Uh, they fear that they the, the the consumer is not able to to pay a higher price, so they're just making smaller portions. Next time you go to the grocery store, check it out. Everything's smaller. The point I'm trying to make is inflation is here to stay. There is almost nothing that the Fed can do to stop it. And then there's no supply uh, because of COVID, because of, of, of a bunch of, of other factors, uh, not just silver, but all kinds of other commodities, there will be no supply response. So I think, I think we're off to the races. I don't think, you know, it's like a, it's like a tsunami. The, the wave has gone out. We haven't seen the big wave come in yet, but we know it's going to happen. And when that big wave comes in, look out. You're going to see all kinds of, of, of multi, if not all-time highs. Look at copper today. You know, look at wheat. Look at uh, corn. All, all these things are rising, right? The cat's out of the bag. You can't, or I guess, what is it? The genie's out. You can't put it back in. So you mean if the Fed responds to a hyperinflationary crisis with more quantitative easing, that's not going to help? No, if, if, if the Fed responds by raising interest rates, first of all, it's going to crush the consumer and, and, and you know, everybody's got a mortgage. Uh, and, and it's going to really slow the economy and, 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 and kill jobs. But it's also not going to stop inflation. Right? That's what I'm saying. Well, I didn't think so. I mean, it's just, I know the Federal Reserve, these guys are really smart and experts and all, so... They seem to think so, which I couldn't quite understand, but I'm on your side, Chad. Although here's another question. Again, you have the mining experience. I just sit here and make Federal Reserve jokes. But is there <laughs> any chance that in a mining operation, lumber is ever used? Clearly, lumber is not an important component of the CPI price index. Sure. Well, I guess saying CPI is price index would be somewhat redundant, at least two thirds of it. But wouldn't that affect, uh, and it's up 232% and the guy thinks it could spiral out of control. And this wasn't like months ago. This was, I don't know, it was almost 12 hours yet since this one was published. How is that going to affect mining? Okay. So, so, so mining, obviously the input costs are going to go up. Uh, mining's the greatest portion of, of cost in a mining operation is, is energy. So if, if fuel, you know, stays flat, which I doubt it will, but you know, that, that's something to look for. Uh, you know, lumber, steel, steel in particular is important. So other materials are important. Uh, so energy would be about 40%. Other materials would be 20 to 30%. And then labor, of course, uh, you know, I, I'm involved in, in lots of mining situations all over the world. And I can tell you there is a massive shortage of, of labor. And so if there's a shortage of labor, um, you know, I know, I know some, some kids, uh, this, this may shock some of your listeners, but I know some kids that I call them kids cause I'm not a kid anymore, but you know, late twenties, early thirties that are making two, $300,000 a year right out of school because they have, or, or almost right out of school because they have a mining designation or a geology designation. Um, it's, it's, it just is what it is. And that's going to lead to more inflation. Well, so, own some silver, own some gold. Own some gold stocks, own some silver stocks, right? Well, that's what I do. Although there's part of what you said in there warms my Austrian economist heart in that, remember Jim Rogers used to talk about how, this was like 10 years ago, and he would say the average age of a farmer was seven, like a 60-year-old man. And yeah. which means in 10 years, the average farmer is going to be 70 years old. Average, not 
high end. Um, and he was saying in the same way that, you know, people like me, you know, didn't, didn't know what the heck they were doing in life and had to get a job somewhere, went to Wall Street. You know, the economy will reallocate that. We don't need more paper. We actually do need more paper. But we don't, if Wall Street wants to print more, they need to get some of those guys out into the lumber yard. And Chad, I don't know if you can see this on your phone, but I'll read it. It says, on Monday, the May futures contract price per thousand board feet of two by fours jumped $48 to $14.20. That squeeze, interesting choice of words there, squeeze, there's a lot of those going around these days. Once again, triggered the circuit breakers, caused lumber trading to halt for the day. Why would lumber yard and builders pay above market rates? Severe lumber scarcity has buyers on edge. They're buying the sky high contracts in order to ensure they'll actually get the lumber they need for projects already under control. So Chad Williams of Honey Badger Silver, I issued the challenge to you. Can you tell me a single, single dynamic that is mentioned there that does not apply to the silver market? And, and factoring in that the lumber prices will raise the input cost to mine silver, right. which would even further exacerbate it. Is there something else you could see that would uh, at least dispute that the price of silver is probably going to go up. Yeah, so I guess I guess your point is substitute the word silver silver for lumber and, and, and the story still works. I, I think the only thing, and I agree with you, the only problem we have or issue we have in silver and gold is a perception problem. And, you know, if I, if I talk to a 23-year-old that's, that's loaded up on Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever, they think that's really cool. And, and they, you know, they may consider silver, but on the other hand, silver is not particularly cool, nor is gold. There's no cool factor to it. At least lumber, people can understand, well, it's used to build houses and buildings and things like that. I get it. But what is silver used for? Why, why should I care? Right? And you and I know that silver is increasingly used for all kinds of things, from solar panels to, uh, to things to do with health and, and purification of, of water and and, and antiviral, uh, you know, and I mean, to me, silver has so many, you know, it's a great conductor. It's, it's, it's got so many advantages, um, but it's not, you know, silver, the silver industry hasn't done a very good job promoting itself, I guess. I guess the mining industry in general, but silver is, is a great example. It's, it's, it's maybe what dad would buy or what granddad would buy, but I'm buying, you know, if I'm 23, 24, I'm going to buy, you know, some new, you know, Dogecoin or some other thing like that's cool, right? I can do that. I can do that on the internet. I can, you know, and then I can talk talk to my buddies about it. But buying silver, I don't know, not terribly cool right now, right? So we have an image problem. Hey, image, hey, image hey! I know a lot, I got a lot of friends here, Chad. You might want to meet some of them. I know a lot of people who think <laughs> silver is quite cool. So perfect, um, awesome, awesome. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. Well, I think you nailed it there because that's when you have a lot of people of powers of establishment positions of power, whether it's government, banks that basically completely betray those oaths to lie to people so that, you know, you think you're a fruit loop if you're like, oh, it's, so, it's like, wow, the, you know, when silver went below the cost of production, I thought that seemed a little unusual, but they told me I was old fashioned with my supply and demand fundamentals and all those old school ideas yet i find that what what was it that inherently caused the first silver squeeze 
first silver squeeze. It's kind of like that video I saw when they talked about how Area 52 was where the real stuff happened, which makes you wonder oh. about Area 53 and all sorts of other silly <laughs> alien hunting. But I think that's what happened is that this was even remember the first silver squeeze. Yeah, you had the GameStop stuff blowing up. That happened in a matter of days. There was no Wall Street. So it hadn't formed yet. And now the LBMA just put out a report saying they were running out of metal. The CFTC guy who has been sitting on the evidence I submitted for two months and won't talk to me, yet he says the, it was how fortunate the futures structure was able to tamp down the price. All these tools we had to control the price and the volatility. I'm like, did this guy just admit, did the CFTC commissioner just admit price fixing? So, yeah, I think now that, yeah, now that people... And now that people know that, that's how a Ponzi scheme works. You get suckered when you don't know what's going on. But when you do know what's going on, it gives people a lot of power to make the right decisions, right? Interesting. I never thought about that, actually. You're right. At the peak of a bubble, no one knows what's going on. But people are still buying. Interesting. And one could argue Bitcoin's like that. And I think... You know, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't wish this. I don't pray for this. But I mean, to me, where we're going to see piles of money uh, go into precious metals uh, is when you start to see cracks in some of these digital currencies, right? Uh, and I think what will cause that is, is they are so large now that, that the governments just cannot tolerate them anymore. And and we know they're 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 taxing them or trying to tax them. And, you know, so they're going to do whatever they can in their power to to either eliminate them or curtail their power. And I think when that happens, I don't think it's if I think it's when that happens, then I think people are going to go, holy shit. OK, I need something real, not 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 a mathematical formula. Right. I need something tangible, something that I can see. And, 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 and I don't know, you know, maybe I'm old fashioned. Who knows? Well, no, I think it makes sense. And actually, uh, Chad, you're getting some fan mail in there if you can answer this one because Johnny Boy Silver in the chat um, mentioned something you touched on earlier because he says, yeah, Jeff Curry says copper is best. Now, Chad, uh, I don't know if you have uh, Jeff Curry posters in your bedroom like I'm ordering for myself here. It's this guy from Goldman Sachs on this show. We're big fans. But in terms of copper... Um, Jeff had some uh, unique research. Oh, whoops, I got the wrong tab there. I'm so excited to show, uh, get a qualified opinion rather than me like guessing. Um, <laughs> would you like to hear what Goldman Sachs, uh, world's preeminent uh, criminal investment bank, here's Jeff Curry, <laughs> their head of commodities, talking about <laughs> copper. So let's check this out. So just to be fair, I'm grateful. I know a lot of smart people. Although I'm also grateful for Jeff Legend because all the smart people that I know, obviously we were wrong and here we Thank go. God. Copper <laughs> is the single best conductor of electricity um, known to physics as well as the periodic table. So if we're I don't think that's right. Physics and decarbonize that or way. It's not just that copper has overtaken silver as the best conductor of electricity in physics, but the entire periodical table of elements. Yeah. And I Gold, believe I think uh, yeah. mankind, as well as uh, I think they didn't, CNBC didn't cover this. I believe Jeff thinks 
on several other galaxies, those thermodynamic properties hold as well. So Chad, were you aware of this? Are you going to sell your silver assets, go 100% copper, or what's the play based on that? I, I, I like copper. I'm, I'm on the board of a copper company. I like copper. I'm invested in copper. I think copper's great. I really do. And I, getting back to the lumber analogy, I think people understand copper more than they do silver because they can see copper wiring in their house and then the telephone cables and all that stuff, right? Electrical cables. So I think there's a, there's a more, let's call it basic understanding of basic things like lumber and, 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 and copper. Uh, but ultimately, there's a reason that silver and gold are precious. They're rare, they're difficult to mine, they, and they have unusual properties, right? And again, I keep getting back to silver with these, you know, we're obviously in, in, in this incredible pandemic, whether you believe it or not, but regardless, there, there is something going on. And the point being that silver, I think, will, will, will end up, uh, you know, shocking a lot of people in terms of its uh, biological cleansing characteristics. Uh, but anyway, that's just one of many things that silver has. And that's why, you know, I'm here looking for silver in Nevada and, 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 and on your show, really trying to promote silver. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess in the rare case that anyone's ever able to disprove the new scientific research out of Goldman Sachs, I mean, if it yeah. turns out that's not right, I can't imagine the market pivoting out of copper and into silver upon a further scientific development. And Chad, since you're one of the people that we're counting on to get silver, uh, before we wrap up, can you let folks know a little bit about Honey Badger? I know you guys had some news out today and yeah. you're, you're also high in the heart of the Mrs. Eric Sprott, if you will, of mining. I'm not talking about actual Mrs. Eric Sprott, but Laura the Legend Stein. And when Laura is excited about a company, so it's quite a pleasure to have you on here. And can you just let folks know uh, what Honey Badger is doing and how they can what they should know, how to get more information and all that good stuff. Yeah, perfect. Thank you for the for the opportunity. And yeah, I do. I'm a, I'm a big fan like you of Laura. She uh, uh, she's a very talented lady. Anyway, the uh, so so Honey Badger uh, is is a little tiny market cap company. I think we've got a 10 million market cap US. We're, we're just getting going. I joined the company about six months ago, but really took over about two months ago. Um, we have uh, today we announced we bought some more claims in the Thunder Bay area of Ontario, Canada. Uh, this area was mined in the late 1800s, uh, exceedingly high grades of silver. Um, the mining stopped because the silver price went down at that time, really underexplored. So we'll go back there and try to find some high grade silver. We also announced that we're buying three other high grade silver projects in the Yukon. That deal should, should close very soon. Um, we're looking at hundreds, uh, literally, again, that's why I'm here in Nevada. Uh, we're looking at hundreds of other silver assets. Our goal is very simple. When silver hits $100, we want to be a billion dollar market cap, pure and simple. And so we're going to do that by bulking up in silver assets. Uh, the, you know, at the top of the list is, is trying to get some silver cash flowing royalties and streams. If we can do that, not easy. Um, uh, after that, we're looking for ounces in the ground. Uh, ounces in the ground. I'd like to have about a billion ounces uh, in my inventory, in our inventory, uh, followed by either silver mines or, or, or other silver 
uh, assets. So, so we're looking at all kinds of things, but we changed our name from Honey Badger uh, Exploration to Honey Badger Silver to make it brutally clear to everybody with a baseball bat that uh, we're not looking for gold or copper or- What's or, that or, stuff? You know, we're, we're, we're very focused on silver. And I, you know, I own 15%. Eric Sprott owns 15%. Um, you know, put my money where my mouth is, really. Yeah, and Chad, it's interesting you mentioned that you're, you're looking through a whole bunch of different projects. I'll bet that would be useful to, for people to hear when you're in that process. Yeah. How, how do you even begin filtering them down? What are some uh, signs that you look for that people, whether they're sure. investing on their own but, or evaluating a new project, could, could incorporate to their own process? Yeah. So, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. I was a top ranked mining analyst for a long time at, at some of the big banks in Canada. And also, you know, I ran a, a, a gold company, Victoria Gold, and we were very successful on the M&A side. Uh, when I started, we had a 20 million market cap. When I left uh, about 10 years ago, we had a 500 million market cap and the company has much, much higher market cap today um, because they've executed on, on, on the things that, that, that we put in place at that time. Um, so it, it, it's, it's a, it's, um, why I think we're going to be successful. In fact, I'm confident why we're going to be successful is, uh, M and A is, or, well, let me go back a bit. The way to create value is simple. Either you find it by exploration, doing exploration, or you buy it. Okay. You, you can't really create value. And, and, and exploration right now, I, I think I could create more value through M&A right now because assets are cheap uh, on, on a relative basis. Uh, at some point when the silver price goes higher, we'll be doing some exploration and adding, adding value that way. But for the time being, count on us mostly focused on, 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 on buying cheap ounces uh, in the ground or, 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 or production or elsewhere. Okay, the, the, now, um, in terms of M&A, the secret is you have to look at a lot of things, kick a lot of uh, tires, and then, you know, try to find hidden value. And, and one of Canada's greatest all-time mining executives, uh, a billionaire called Seymour Shulak, uh, uh, who, uh, who started Franco Nevada along, along, uh, along with Pierre Lasson. Anyway, Seymour told me, he said, I remember when I was an analyst, he said, if I do uh, an acquisition and the market hates it, I know that I've done a good acquisition. So... The point there being is that we're going to have to find something or we are going to find something that is overlooked, that, that is found, but underappreciated, that, that's, that's hidden. It's either in a big company and nobody cares about, or it's, it's in a zinc company and, and nobody cares about silver in the zinc company. And so, you know, I'll buy something for a dollar that's ultimately worth $10 or $100, okay? And these things, it takes time and, and it involves people and negotiation and, and, and all kinds of, of different things. It's not an easy thing to do, uh, but we've done it before. We are in the midst of doing it. And for your listeners, um, you know, please come on board, buy some stock, or at least look at it, put it on your screen and come on this journey with us. You have to have a little bit of faith that we're going to be able to execute. There's no doubt about that. And some of the things we can't control. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, here's evidence. I'm out here looking at stuff, right? Uh, I could be at home watching Netflix like everybody else is doing. But, you know, we're, 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 we're working hard trying to create value for sure. Yeah. And Chad, uh, in terms of that, again, uh, one of the things that I particularly like about the mining industry, it's not like Goldman Sachs or the CFTC where you can't 
get answers from people. And I see on your contact page, actually this pops up, you click this. I'm assuming they can get through here and you, can we invite people to challenge you with the hardest questions, try and find anything you're missing and see if you have the answer and you're up to that task? Absolutely, we have nothing to hide. Uh, give us the hardest questions and we'll answer them to the best of our abilities. Uh, we, we, we aim to be a, a transparent, uh, open and honest company. Uh, we're, we're, we're not perfect, uh, but you know, we're, we're, we're working hard and, and, and we've got a good track record of success and, and, and we know how to, how to, how to execute on, on our business plan. It just takes a little bit of time. That's, that's all we need, a little bit of time. But yeah, please contact us, absolutely. Well, Chad, you sound like the opposite of the CFTC or a negative yielding treasury bond to me. And for that, I am grateful. <laughs> I love the addition of silver in the name. Um, looks beautiful what you have here and uh, appreciate you checking in. We'll look forward to following your success as you go along. And I don't know, maybe uh, Jeff's and Goldman and, and JP Morgan, they're all right. And I'm, we're, we're nuts, Chad, but... I don't know. I'll, I'll bet on you over the U.S. government any day of the week and even more than twice on Sunday. I'll put it them up all day, baby. So thank you for being here and uh, we will be looking forward to following along. All right. You're the best. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. Thank you, my friend. And for folks watching at home, hope you enjoyed today's coverage. We have a big week planned in the anniversary of when silver got torched from $50 last time. So hit that subscribe button and the notification bell, and I will see you again soon.